Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in the beautiful studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom. How you doing? Doing great. Yeah, Looks like it uh, sounds good. good. Yeah, no, I think everything is it's functioning today. Praise God. Um, you know, that's, that's how the enemy works, right? He's the, the prince in the power of the air, you know? So he's always messing with technology on us. He could. That was an interesting point up there, you know? It is. It is. Don't, go, don't go poking up there yet. Do Yeah, yeah. Stay no, down no, no. here. Stay, stay here. We fight uh, we don't horizontal, yeah, yeah. not vertical. Don't yeah, go vertical it, on it. Exactly right. Exactly right. So um, if you are here for the first time, thanks for being here. Uh, you know, if you found us, you found us because somebody somewhere is like plugging stuff into the algorithm, whether it's through sharing this on Facebook or whatever social media platform they're on, or they're liking it or making comments on the YouTube channel, or, you know, maybe it popped up on your podcast app. Well, however it got to you, it got to you because somebody else did something, right? That's true. So now it's your turn to repay those people by liking, I like subscribing, it. sharing, like doing it. all of those things. So that way the next person... Give us some feedback. That's what we really want. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we love the feedback. Was it Ryan at twopraise.net? Ryan at twopraise.net, or you can comment on it. T-O-P-R-A-I-S-E. Twopraise. Yeah. It's like a song. All right. So um, so also we've been doing the tour portions for the last four years, and uh, this past week um, would have been a Passover podcast, I believe. So you can go back. We've got like four years or so of podcasts that have Passover themes. Yeah, we do. Or we just did what, Metzorah? It's a buffet. Um, which is uh, about the leper and cleansing the leper and all that. So we've got a lot of good stuff in there. So if you go back and listen to those as well if you guys are focused on the tour portions. But today we're studying the book of Matthew, continuing Matthew. That's right. We're in Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to be doing today verses 22 through 37. 15 verses. 15 verses. Well, I tell you, if, if you take these in little chunks, they're, they're little chunks. There's a lot they're to talk like, about. There's a lot in there. Yeah. There sure is. So anyway, um, I'll kick it off. Uh, Ryan's going to read verses 22 through 24 of Matthew 12. All right. So it says here, Then one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind, and mute. He healed him so that the blind and mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitude were amazed and said, Could this be the son of David? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Wow. Yeah, not good. So it goes into uh, in Matthew twelve twenty two. Then was brought into him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb. Right. And he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. It seems that the devil kept the man from not only seeing, but speaking. Mm. So it's just one man. Right. It wasn't one person was blind and one person was dumb. It was the person was blind and dumb. That's a that's a heavy uh, toll from a demon. Yeah, to not be able to see or speak. That's something uh, blocking him there. Uh, and, and of course, uh, and all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David, David? Mm-hmm. Matthew 12, 23. 
So, you know, the Jews know what's coming with the Messiah. He's going to come from Judah. Yeah. He's going to do these things. Uh, so identifying Yeshua as the son of David is because he would be a descendant of King David and from the tribe of Judah. Right, the Messiah would be. The Messiah would be. Yeah. As the son of David, because he would be a descendant of King David. So son of David is a reference to like the Messiah. Now it's interesting that the enemy didn't know what God was doing with Yeshua, because right. he's always existed. He's the right hand of God. Well, he, he thought he was coming to, to overpower him, judge to them. bring the fight, like a physical fight to yeah, overthrow to the judge Romans. Them. He come to and, torment us and yeah. judge us. Right. So they, they know it's coming. Oh, they definitely know it's coming. They know it's coming. He had some work to do. But it's interesting how God creates, through the prophecies and the prophets, this mosaic, right. a messianic mosaic prophecy yeah. picture, like a puzzle. And these pieces are all over and you got to get them and start putting them together. They weren't smart enough to do that. They didn't figure that out. They couldn't figure it out. Sure. And it's true because they would have never let him die. Oh, no, for sure not. They never, ever would have let him die. So there's something going down. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, if you really think about it, right, there's something going down even greater than we even know. We're talking about the spiritual realm, yeah. the unseen realm. We're also talking about spiritual laws. Yeah. So... If you just stop and think about it, you know, the Greek mythology is such a counterfeit. Sure. So diluted and twisted and perverted. Well, you know, one of the things that the enemy did during this time period, the Second Temple period, is he brought a good number of false messiahs forward. And so the Pharisees, to their credit, were a little desensitized to people popping up on the scene, making right. a splash, and claiming to be the messiah. Little did they know that right before them was somebody who actually was the Messiah. So think about the Zealots. I believe the Zealots had a Messiah back then that was going to fight against the Romans. And so something. That was the expectation. They were all coming to do that. So when Jesus came on the scene and was doing something different. I think they were anticipating the Messiah, too, because yeah. of this fourth day thing. Absolutely. 4, oh, years. absolutely. Yeah, I mean. It's a very messianic, like, atmosphere. But, but think about, you know, we're, we're getting into this demonic realm and spiritual warfare and all this stuff. Um Number three, what did the Pharisees say after the people were amazed and called Yeshua the son of David? Well, they, they basically blasphemed him. They said, this fellow doth cast, does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. So he's using Beelzebub to cast himself out. Yeah, basically saying, he's yeah. using devils to cast out devils. Beelzebub is Lord of the Flies, was a parody on Beelzebul, Lord Prince. Right. An ancient name for Baal, a Canaanite storm or fertility god. And, of course, the worship of Baal competed with worship of Yahweh in the Old Testament. So this is why idolatry is so bad, because idolatry means you're worshiping demons. Yeah, that's not good. You know, and there could be some kind of a, I don't know, the, the, the idol could kind of come alive or do something. And that's why God's like, don't make graven images. Right, yeah, Because yeah. the demons inhabit them. They can, they can go inside of them and do some things. And oh, absolutely. That's why it's kind of, Rachel took the household idols, remember? Not good. But Satan himself was deemed to be the spirit at work in Baal worship. Consequently, Beelzebub became an alternate name for Satan. Yeah. <coughs> okay, yeah, so like we, we say many things to call Satan. We say Hasatan, right, which is the Hebrew for the enemy. That's where you get the word Satan. Adversary. Devil, adversary, accuser, accuser of the brethren. Right. The enemy. Um, Lucifer. We have lots of different names. We all refer to right. the one, right? So, like, if, if we use the term, you know, Elohim, we know there's a great Elohim, but there's a lesser Elohim. Right. These divine beings, these angels, fallen angels or whatever, that God put over the nations. Right. Because remember, he, he divided up the nations. Right. At the Tower of Babel. But, and he scattered them and kept Israel for himself. And then, of course, that's, what he, that's when he went after Abraham. Mm -hmm. This is my nation, my people. 
And if you're in Christ, you're the seed of Abraham. So this story develops, but worshiping other gods or idols is worshiping demons. See? Yeah. So this is why... Or uh, fallen angels, it, right? We're going we're to delve more into this uh, as, we, as we go, because it's kind of playing out. And there's a lot of principles here that we need to discover and find in regard to... We serve the great Elohim. Yeah. We have nothing to fear. See, this is where so many people go wrong in their ideology and their belief system and practice and their faith because they don't even know the promises and they're not even attaining to anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like they don't have a horse in the race. Like Christians United for Israel, great ministry, good organization for supporting Israel and the Jewish people, but do they really have a horse in the race? Do they want to have a occupy Israel and help the Jewish people in that sense? I mean, live there and be with them. I mean, probably not. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I have to look at their uh, their vision or whatever. But but it, but it's definitely a, a well, good it, a good work. It does make you wonder about the causes that people support casually, right? Like it's an ideology. Like really, are we worshiping the idol of our own opinion, or are we truly seeking after taking action on the causes that God has put before us? You know, so. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. Let this story develop, and I'll read verses 25 to 28. All right, let's go. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you, casting okay. them out. Think about this. Now I like this. And Jesus knew their thoughts, verse 25. He knew their thoughts. Well, he's God. Yeah, no doubt. And said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Yeah. So there you have. Uh, knowing their thoughts indicates Yeshua's omniscience and therefore his deity. Jesus is God. Yeshua is Yahweh. Yahweh yeah. They are one. I know. Now he goes on to say in verse 26, And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. Mm-hmm. How shall then his kingdom stand? Yeah. You know, uh, Satan would not work against himself of exercising demons who were part of his attempt to control the world. See? And so we, as we de- delve into this, it's very interesting. So they accuse him of having this power of Beelzebub to cast out Beelzebub. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But you had Jewish exorcism. We're going to talk about this. And he says, and if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. Yeah. See, so this is what was interesting. Uh, What was happening was there were those among the Jews who by invocation of the name of the Most High God or the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did sometimes cast out devils. Mm. Josephus, the Jewish historian, speaks of some in his time that did it. Right. We read of Jewish exorcists in Acts 9.13 and of some that in Christ's name cast out devils. Josephus, the Jewish historian, speaks of some in his time that did it. Once again, uh, that's, that's redundant. It does. It uh, repeats itself there. We read of Me Jewish exorcists. Thanks for correcting that. Yeah. We read of Jewish exorcists in Acts 19.13 and of some that in Christ's name cast out devils, though they did not follow him. 
So that's what we're looking at. Right. Here. And I remember the scene Jewish in the chosen exorcism, right? In the very beginning of the of season one, where Nicodemus is going to perform an exorcism on uh, Mary Magdalene and he's unsuccessful in it. Now, obviously that's an extra biblical Jewish exorcism. That's not a, but yeah. it was a, a, it was showing a historical uh, context for exorcism in those days, right? That it was something that, that they, tr- they practiced, that they attempted all that. You know, but if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that if you're going after the promises of God and you're grafted in, yeah, I mean, you have spiritual warfare. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil; he'll flee from you. He seeks whom he may devour. All these things, right? But, but um, we have to reiterate the fact that uh, Yeshua defeated the enemy. The Lord's power over demons was evidence enough that he was the Messiah. That's right. So people are tormented and things are happening. And I believe that's why he's using Beit Tehila to pray for people and to get people set free. Yeah. See, what's happening, Ryan, is we're, people don't recognize the need for Jesus right now. Mm. They're lost in themselves and right. whatever it is. But that's how I came to know the Lord in March of 92, see. My whole world was falling apart. I had bronchitis. My car was broken into. My girlfriend broke up with me. It was all kinds of bad stuff. It's like a bad country song. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, it was really bad. And I just came to that breaking point Yeah. where I just cried out to God, and he saved me. Yeah. So I just want to reiterate that fact um, that you know we don't really have time for, for demons. If we have the Great Commission, that's what Michael Heiser talks about. The Great Commission is how you push out evil. That's and right. That, spiritual warfare is the Great Commission. You know, that's why people would think some churches are controversial or, or whatever, but just like the river. They, they believe in the Great Commission. Oh, yeah. Evangelism. Right. So, so you know, I, I love that concept. It's so simple. Sure. Just build a strong community, raise the next generation, and, and be serious about what God's doing. And then find out who's serious with you. Right. But see, if we don't realize the seriousness of that we need a Messiah, we need the person of Jesus, even as a pastor, we can lose sight of the real deal of the relationship. Yeah. Because you can just go through the motions and, and do, do, do everything you've got to do. But this is what we're seeing here in, in all of this. And like I said, there were Jewish exorcists back then. Mm-hmm. And even Josephus, I'd like to check it out and, and read what he says about it because it's documented as a Jewish historian sure. that there were Jewish exorcists. So that's something to kind of go back and look at. You know, it's nothing to play around with. No. You know, the seven sons of Sceva, you know, a Jewish exorcist. Yeah. So what he what he thought he could do now, no. Because they're like, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? you right, know? right, right, right. So he had no authority. Right. Because he didn't have that relationship to use the name. Right. Of Jesus or Yeshua. Yeah, it's not like a magic word, you know, it's not like a hocus-pocus spell that you use. You're doing something in participation with God whenever you're using the authority of God. And you think that he can't revoke his authority? He's sovereign. He has the ability to, you know, allow his name to be thrown out there and not be effective when used for the wrong purposes. Yeah, what are we doing in his person. name? How many bad things were done in his name? <clears throat> oh, tons. Tons of things were bad. Um, so, so we're developing the story because we're going to have little bullet points. Yeah. So Yeshua is doing some incredible miracles and wonders and things and deaf and dumb and people are being healed. And they're saying that he's doing this by the name of Beelzebub. Which is crazy. Or Satan. Yeah. Hasatan or Lord of the Flies. It's actually the dung god too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Poop, crap. Lord of the Flies. Yeah. You know what the average lifespan is of a household fly? 30 days. 
Mm. Just a little trivia. Hmm. I mean, it's a crappy life, but somebody's oh, I'll tell you it. what. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> I see what I did there. Ooh. <laughs> so you know, the thing is, now we're developing the storyline, and so Yeshua is even saying, "Hey, you know, your own children did this. They saw you do this, and they're doing it." Yeah. But you can't cast out Satan in Satan's name, you know. So uh, in, in Matthew chapter 12, verses 29 and 30, this is very interesting as he develops this. It says, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Mm, if you don't gather, you're scattering. So you can just jump right in there. Uh, the only thing I want to say, and then I'm going to turn it over to you for this section, is that Jesus is stronger than Satan. Oh, absolutely. So he's going into somebody's house where the squatters, the, the, the demons are there. They don't, they don't own or possess. Yeah. They're just, they just dwell. They're like, you know, it's a dwelling place. It's their squatters. You got to get them out. But they don't have any possession. That's the words, the play on words and stuff. Right. So I'm just saying that now here comes Yeshua in his name. He can clean you up. That's right. And he's going to even develop that even more later. Sure. About cleaning yourself up, but not filling yourself up with the right things. That's right. And then it becomes worse than what it was. That's cause, right. Because you got set free, but then something else came in that was there before, but it's even greater than. You know? Oof. It's kind of interesting what Yeshua was talking about to some of the Jewish leaders about you take one convert and make him worse than yourself. That's right. Imagine that. Yeah. You're doing bad work. Yeah. And now you're going to do even greater bad work. Oh, because of your of your discipleship. Well, and that's what people don't realize about the next generation. The next generation is like a, a magnifying glass of the previous generation for certain things, you know. And so you have to be careful. So go in here. And what do you got here from Matthew twelve twenty nine? So once again, Yeshua is stronger. He's like, no, I'm stronger than what you guys are seeing and doing and dealing with. I'm here now. Watch this. Yeah, absolutely. So Yeshua came to plunder Satan's house and free all his captives. He has complete power and authority over Satan and all his forces. Um, Yeshua came to destroy the works of the devil. So the enemy came to do something. And that's and why we say it. We're comforted with that. Yeah. He's already done the work. We use his name. Sure. We're not trying to come up with some potions and formulas. That's another thing. There's about trinkets and, and candles and... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all these things that they were using, charms and things, you know. Yeah, which is like the occult. You know, that's yeah, not it, even... It's like it dawned on me one time. I guess I was at a store and I saw a charm bracelet. Charm bracelet. Where do you get charms? Hmm. It's the occult. Hmm. Oh, look at my charm bracelet. I know. I wear no charm bracelet. I don't know charms. Yeah. Lucky charms. Huh. Magically delicious. That's interesting. <laughs> I know. It, yeah. I didn't really pick up on it. No, until not I saw until it. you just said charm it. bracelet, and they put little charms on it. Yeah. See? No, I know. I've, I've seen them. That was part of the occult back. That was part of the exorcism, Jewish exorcism too. They had charms and potions and whatever. Really. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's it, straight up occult stuff. I know it's just bizarre stuff. <laughs> it is, it is, absolutely. it really is. You know. So remember, the Yeshua came to destroy the works of the devil. So the enemy's coming to do something. He's coming to reverse what has been done. Right. right. So that's one of the wonderful things about Yeshua is that the work of Yeshua completely undoes the devil's work. So you don't have to think like, okay, well now I've been this type of person. No, you can turn around and you can walk the opposite direction. You can walk away from. You can drop everything. And, and walk towards God. Walk towards Yeshua. I just got a download. Let's get it. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Think about this now. This is where it gets to be very interesting. It's a, it's a two-front war. Because had they just fought, had a fallen nature and did what they wanted to do without the fallen angel's influence. Right. 
we would still be in the predicament we're in today. It's really about us as individuals. How well are we doing? Oh, absolutely. Because he's already defeated. So let's say there were no fallen angels or a devil. Yeah. But God gave us free will and all this other stuff happened. See, now there's a, there's a dynamic here, Ryan, oh, yeah. of the unseen realm, of the lesser Elohim that we're dealing with. Because yeah. we're, we're, we're humans. We're, made, we're imagers of God. We're imagers of God. We're made in the image of God. We're imagers. We're, we're homo sapiens. We're humans. We're not divine beings as far as the devil and his fallen angels and all that stuff, you know? And the but, demons, the Nephilim and all the giants and all that. So we're, 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 we're not divine yet. Yeah. We're like imagers, but there's going to be a transformation, a resurrection, a resurrected body, and that will rule the angels. Yeah. We'll judge the angels, right? Oh, absolutely. So there's something about that. There is. You know, in the beginning of the book of James, uh, chapter 1, if you read through like chap uh, verses like 12 through 16 or 12 through 15, um, it talks about temptation. And it talks about how um, you, know, you, can, you can look at that and you could say, you know, there's these temptations out there, but really it's the internal temptations that I have to deal with. It's the, it's the needs that are unsatisfied, that I'm not going to the proper place to satisfy those needs, right. that causes anything external to be temptation to you. That's why you look at things that other people are tempted by, like maybe people have Whatever. A, a, a different sin bend, right? Yeah. You know, than you. And so you poke at them, you're like, oh, that's sin. I, that's, you know, whatever, this or that. But then like, well, what about your sin? You know, you have, know. you pick your poison as, as they say, right? So, but if you've, if you've handled the internal needs and issues inside of you and you've taken them to the Lord and he's satisfied you, then you're not susceptible to those temptations. That's true. And yeah, the lead, devil lead, has lead, nothing lead, on you. Lead us not into temptation. That's right. But deliver us from evil. That's right. And so Colossians 2.15 says this, and having spoiled or disarmed principalities and powers, he made a show or a spectacle of them openly triumphing over them in it. And so that's the thing we have to remember. See, the devil is a liar. The enemy wants to deceive you into thinking he is a liar. that he's stronger than he is, that he's better than he is, that he has more power than he does. But the one that is in you is greater than the one that is in the world. And that's the thing about filling ourselves up with something. That's right. You know, we talked about, you know, we're going to talk about that in here. But um, once, once again, going back to Matthew 12, 20, I want to read it again. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. Yeah. So if you want to change your life, you got to go after the strong man. Mm -hmm. You got to go after the strong man, you know. Uh, the squatters. So think you're, you're dealing with, spirit, you're the, dealing the with alcohol, for example. Yeah. Okay. You have some experience with this. You have to find a way to get it completely out of your life and bind it. Bind it. Right? So that yeah. you're not encountering it That's anymore. It. Yeah, absolutely. Then you can spoil its house. Then and you, you gotta can replace disrupt it. it. Right. Yeah, you got to replace it. Right. With uh, Shirley Temple or Roy Rogers. That's oh. grenadine syrup with like some ginger yeah, 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 ale yeah, or Sprite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're a girl, you get Shirley, Shirley Temple. Temple. Yeah. And my uncle would make like a martini or something. I'd have a... I'd have a Roy Rogers. Oh, Roy Rogers. The Roy Rogers is for the guys. Shirley okay. Temple for the girls. Got it. Okay. I mean, that was my understanding. A little grenadine syrup and some Sprite. Yeah. Ginger yeah. Ale, I remember the cherry. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That just set me up for beer and wine later. Yeah. It sure Thanks. did. Yeah, it's funny because they, they have this thing called mocktails, right? That when you go to dinner with the kids, some restaurants will have a menu. I think that's... Cracker Barrel had something like that, I think. I mean, I know, I know something. some of the restaurants at Disney have it. Um, but it's, anyways, it's called mocktails because your parents are having these cute little drinks with these little things or whatever. But then the kids get like what, you know, Nothing. Diet Coke or whatever, you know. High I mean, C fruit, high C fruit, fruit punch, punch, you know, exactly. Yeah. Well, the kids want something, you know. 
So uh, the mocktails, but what it is is it's conditioning. And see, I mean, I know it's silly, and you can look at everything as conditioning, and you can look at everything as propaganda, and everything is, you know, uh, everything could be a in, setup, indoctrination. It could be a setup. But I think some things are more obvious than others, and I would say mocktails is is one of those. Your kids are going to drink cocktails if they drink mocktails as a kid. Period. You know, story. you know, um, not that a cocktail every once in a while is bad. I'm telling you. you don't, but don't anyway, me about that. But anyway. <laughs> There'll be something. All right, so discuss why it is so great that Yeshua defeated the enemy on our behalf, and now we get all the benefits. Let me just share my thought on this. But before we do that, in Colossians 2.15, he says, and having spoiled or disarmed principalities, he said it's likened to, I heard a commentary one time, it's likened to World War II on that ship when Japanese had to surrender to right. the treaty. Yeah. They had to finally say, okay, this is it. Yeah. But he had to take his belt off his revolver, his sword, and put it all on the table. And then the other general for, took it from the Allied forces. Ooh. So that was like, that's that's actually disarming. Yeah. So that was the act. You know, uh, what I put on here, because <clears throat> Yeshua defeating the enemy, uh, I want to make it very clear that, think about it, if there were no fallen angels, and it was just us and our free will, and we just messed up. It's a two-front war for God's, you know, for God's plan. Yeah. God created us with a free will, and because of sin, we have a fallen nature. God knew we were not perfect like him, so he died for us in the person of Yeshua, the Son of God, to take away our sins, because that's the law, the spiritual law. Right. There's no other way. The fallen angels and demons will not share eternity with God, but we will. Yeah. You know, uh, I was reading the book of 1 John the other day. And First John is an amazing book when it comes to just foundational, basic Christian doctrine. So, like, if you can read that book and understand the principles that are laid out, I mean, just one right after the He was the, the beloved other. disciple. Oh, man. It, but it's, when I say... And he was the one that taught on the deity. He's yeah. not even part of the Synoptic Gospels, the yeah. Gospel of John. Yeah. He's all by himself. Right. Different. Right. But again, the, these, these, uh, the book of First John, he, he literally just takes it down one by one. And the idea that we have victory in Yeshua, in what he's already done, right? Imagine you're in uh, a race, right? And uh, you're, it's like, what, what do they have those things, the Iditarod in Alaska, where they, they're you know, going through the snow and the ice with a dog sled? Now, if you're going through fresh snow, Man, that's tough, tough road to hoe, right? Those dogs are working double time because they're having to go through deeper snow. But the person that comes behind that first person has a much easier time because they're not having to plow down that snow, that soft snow on the top. They're able to go right through it. This is what Yeshua has done for us. All we have to do is walk in the victory because he's already done it for us. You know, I have to go back to verse John 3, 8 because the reference is this. I thought this was kind of interesting. Yeah. So we have a holy God. Yes. And he has his angels. Right. And, so, and, and some of them sin. Yeah. Now. It says this, and this is very interesting now. Now we can tie it in. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Ooh. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm. That's a good verse. That's just, so we know that sin is in motion now. Now, did you have a verse already written down from that, or that just came to you when I mentioned First John? Well, I put down you first had John first John. 3, I didn't even realize that was in the notes. First John three eight. 
How funny is that? But I like to tie it in. That's the whole yeah. concept of an outline is to tie, try to tie everything in. But yeah, so well, this we're putting is where... all the pieces together. You know, it's like, it's like, my gosh, we live in a culture that doesn't even recognize sin. Well, that's my point. And the devil sins first, and then we sin second. And Jesus comes to put a whooping on the devil and beat him down and, and destroy his works. Yeah. And we're still fumbling around, not even admitting sin. So you're not even at the larva stage. So one of the things in First John is First John three four. So just a few verses before that verse Ooh. you mentioned is that whoever commits sin transgresses the law. For sin is the transgression of the wow. law. And what happens to people is they're like they read Paul's letters, and Paul tells you over and over. Does that mean that we go on sinning? God forbid, right? He's showing you no. We don't throw out God's teachings and instructions for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil where we decide through the right. spirit, quote unquote, right. what's good and what's evil. Now, check this out. Now, supposedly iniquity is handed down. Mm -hmm. So this is why you have enmity between the oh, seed yeah. of the woman and, the, and, yeah, and yeah, Satan. Yeah, that's right. So the iniquity is handed down. Right. So this is how we have demons, the fallen ones or the, the watchers. Right. Those 200 whatever from the book of Enoch cohabitated with the women created demons that's right and now they, they need a host they need a, they need a, a place to dwell in right so what why i'm saying that is because now it makes perfect sense why everything's happening the way that it's happening right because he has to destroy the works of the devil the first time the word iniquity is used is lucifer mm, interesting so there you have it mm -hmm. right there so you know let's just think about it brian and just think about this the template is so easy here's god in all of his glory. And he wants the glory. Yeah. But he wants it freely given to him. So he created the angels to work with him so he could, they could participate in everything. Yeah. And then somehow they, they messed up, some of them or whatever. Right. So my, my thing is, though, my thing is God wants us to participate with him forever. You know, so, so I mean, even for the disciples to get 12 thrones versus the 12 thrones of the of the tribes imagine this you thrones. you are guaranteed because of your trust in yeshua you're guaranteed to do what you just mentioned to participate with god for eternity and that's what we're doing on this podcast you see, you see uh why is it so great that yeshua defeated the enemy on our behalf and now we get all the benefits it's no longer us it's no longer our work remember we talked about yoking ourselves like his yoke is easy his burden is light i think last pod not two podcasts ago at the end of chapter 11 because he's the one that's doing the heavy lifting we're just along for the imagine being yoked he carried the beam with yeshua yeah all right who's doing the heavy lifting is it you oh. no it's not you but think about it like this okay if 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 satan lucifer tried to get the glory and he wants the glory just like he told yeshua in, in the wilderness yeah hey if you'll just bow down all this will be yours to me yeah that's what that's that's why we're so selfish. So think about when we're self-centered and selfish, we're almost like a little little Satan, a little devil. Oh. Because we're not giving God the glory by the way we act and what we're doing. And yeah. we have temper tantrums and we're immature. Forget about being ignorant. Why well, you gotta call but, me out like that? But let's but let's develop this even more because now he's gonna have a little conclusion here to some degree. It, it says here in Matthew twelve thirty, he that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So tell me what you are for and not what you are against. That's right. You know. Well, in um, the gathering and the scattering is obviously a reference to gathering the whole house of Israel or scattering, because that's what God did. He scattered the whole house of Israel. So what I did is I came up with this saying. I thought about this. 
The kingdom of God is not a denomination. Definitely not. <laughs> Other denominations can work together to further the kingdom of God. By the way, that includes your denomination. <laughs> so the kingdom of God is not a denomination. Right. Other denominations can work together to further the kingdom of That's God. That's right. So and the Baptist can be with the, the Pentecostal, yeah. or the Methodist can be with the Lutheran well, and, to and further the kingdom this, of God. This congregation is a is a picture of that is a frium right Let's all these it. different ethnic groups accomplish something and ideologies coming imagine together imagine that but your leadership with working with other pastors and ministers and ministries in this area is also a great example of that that when people can put down their differences and focus on the main thing because remember yeah it's important to keep the main thing the main, the thing. main thing how many how there's plenty of opportunities for us to divide right but what can we use to unite and if we can't unite under the one head Right, that we'll all have, which is Yeshua, our King. Then, what can we unite over, or under? You know, I'd like to go back and do some bullet points later. But remember, now they accused him of having these devils. I know, and he's casting out devils by a devil. Yeah, and he's doing all these great things. And he's like, listen, a house divided cannot stand. He goes into all these things, does he not? Right. He develops it, and then, of course, you know, he he says, you know, are you gathering or scattering? Right. Now he comes for the clincher, in verses thirty-one and thirty-two. And I'll turn it over to you. Matthew 12, 31, 32. Wherefore I say unto you all, oh, wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. All right. Turn it over to you. Yeah, so there's a couple things there. So the word blasphemy here uh, is the Greek word blasphemia, and it means vilification, especially against God, evil speaking, or railing. And, you know, these verses are obviously ones that people... Oh, no. Uh, Did I do it? Yeah, exactly, right? Did I commit that? No. Well, and I don't... It's the means by which God comes to us is through the Holy Spirit. So let me just cut to the chase. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, simply put, is that you cut off all means... To receive God. Yeah. And you end up dying in your sins and there's no forgiveness. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just got to be the end result. So, so here, okay, so I'll give you this is people one were of the trying notes. to reach me yeah. with the gospel, but I wasn't ready or it wasn't happening. Right. So the Pharisees had blasphemed against the Holy Ghost by attributing the power by which Yeshua did miracles to Satan instead of the Holy Ghost. The unpardonable sin might be summarized as, and this is very good willful and intentional refusal to acknowledge God's powerful saving work through Yeshua as mediated by the Holy Ghost. Now, it says what? There's one name under heaven by which we are saved, right? And that is the man, Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. So when we willfully and intentionally for an entire lifetime reject Yeshua, guess what happens at the end of our life? We have chosen, right, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit over the work of the Holy Spirit through Yeshua. And so that's the problem, right? So that's why they, it's at the end of your life that when you haven't made a decision for Christ, guess what? I mean, you had all that time. Most of my problems is the flesh. Oh, I don't sure. blame anything on the devil. I mean, I know that there are people can have a spirit, but I would say for the most part, it's the flesh. I, I mean, I'll, 17 works of the flesh. I would say, I don't know what the percentage would be. It's really, really high. I'll blame the devil for atmospheres. I can tell when things are, are of a spiritual nature, when yeah, people are acting true. funky that's or true. things I mean, are happening or whatever. 
but then you what you what do you do? You call on the Holy Spirit and you say, "The Lord rebukes Satan and his devils." Right? right. We call on the Lord, and then He'll handle. Yeah, we're getting down to business. So whoever wants to get down to business will be with us. That's right. That's and that's right. that's what it's all about. So here's the, here's the, the the crux, right? Whoever rejects the prompting prompting of the Holy Spirit removes himself or herself from the only help that leads to repentance and restoration to God. Oh, listen. I was I was this week I was asking for forgiveness oh, I bet. for grieving and quenching the mm. Holy Spirit. Mm. Holy Spirit I've grieved you and quenched you. Please forgive me. Yeah. Like I could have done a right action, but I didn't. Ugh. I grieved and quenched him. That's or if worst. I did a right action, or maybe I was, I needed to do something. I didn't quite do it. Yeah. I didn't do it. Those are things that we have to look at. Mm-hmm. Like I could have handled that better. I've run into a lot of people like that. They're saying, gosh, if I, I just would have handled this a little better. Yeah. I would have been better off. Yeah. Well, and because everything's a setup. Everybody wants to grow in their relationship with God, and I think that every believer comes to a point where you start to hear from God. He says, you know, my sheep hear my voice, right? I know them, and they follow me. And so there's this idea that every person who is a sheep of Jesus, right, who's a follower of Yeshua, part of his flock, can hear his voice, and that we'll know him because he knows us, right, and that we'll follow his promptings. But... When the Lord prompts us through the, the Holy Spirit and then we don't do it, why is he going to continue to prompt you, right? Because he wants us to do things. This is a process of participation, right? So the more you show that you'll do the things he's called you to do, the more he'll give you things to do. Think about this, the, the Bema Seat judgment of Christ, right? You're gonna, we're all going to stand before Christ. We're all going to stand before him someday to call account for the things that we did, good or bad. But the things that he's looking for are the things that have eternal impact. Well, what are those things? They're the things that he, through the Holy Spirit, told you to do, right? Look, I, I'm all about the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith, but he's not going to call me and be like, hey, Ryan, did you eat pork after you found out you weren't supposed to? I don't think that's the conversation. I think the conversation is going to be, hey, remember this assignment I gave we you got work to, to help this person or right. to do this thing or to preach to this person right. or to, to do, bring this message or the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel or, right. or to be an encourager or whatever. Whatever these things are, he's, everything's going to get thrown in. It's all going to get lit on fire. The stuff that is temporary that wasn't supposed to be done or right. whatever or, or was idle will be right. burned up like wood, hay, and stubble, and the right. things that will remain will be those things that have eternal impact. That's good. It is good. So let's, let's move into uh, Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Uh, we're not going to read it for the sake of time, but we've got watch your words. Ooh, I'm going to check out on this one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, let me do it. Now, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 says, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. Yep. Now, let's just go over what happened here. First of all, let's highlight it. Is it of Beelzebub or God? Mm. Number one. Number two, there's a divided kingdom. Uh, number three is the strong man. Yep. Okay. So so there we have that. Uh, he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. So there you go. You're not on team Jesus right now. You're doing not good things. And all of a sudden now you got blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Attributing the works of God to the devil. Yeah. You know, we had a situation where, you know, people want to, you know, say tongues is of the devil or something. You know? Oh, Awesome. But um, tongues is watch it, that, that, that's attributing the works of God to the devil. I will say this. I don't know why they would even say stuff. They could say stuff like, well, 
I don't know. I once saw a thing where people were speaking in tongues or what appeared to be speaking in tongues, um, but they were cert- definitely occultists. I mean, they were doing it in an occult practice, and no, then they're, what, they're, what manifested was was speaking in tongues. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a twisted version oh, absolutely. of speaking in tongues because it's incantations and spells and, you know. But um, I can understand why somebody would say that if that's their perspective, right? But see, the enemy only has to do one little thing, and that's just twist the truth, just ever so slightly. Imagine just like shooting a gun or an arrow, yeah. right? If the mark is over here, but I twist it two degrees, boom. The further I get, the further away well, I get like from the mark. It's just like using essential oils. Oh, that's new age. No. Oils are in the Bible. <laughs> Were they? I mean, really. And, and he, he had to make, make oil, you know? <laughs> But that's the thing, you yeah. know. Yeah, that um, lemon oil that's good for your stomach or that peppermint, you know what I mean? That whatever. Yeah. That's of the devil. Watch your words. Now, you <laughs> shall know them by their fruit, right? Yeah. Uh, which is very interesting. Uh, we are all fruit inspectors. Absolutely. That's right. Uh, Matthew 12:33. So what is this fruit that we're supposed to be inspecting for, Pastor Nick? The fruit? Yes. Well, it's going to be dealing with our speech. Listen, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Temperance. Right? Well, yeah, that's the King James. I use the King James I version. I, I use the version I learned in vacation Bible school as a kid. That's, that's better than nothing. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> better than nothing. Listen to you. <laughs> but my point is, is that that's the fruit that we're looking for. So, so, so let's just look at it like this. Here's God and here's the devil. Yep. Here's Yeshua, the Son of God, cleaning house, confronting the devil, getting people set free. All these things. And then we talk about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Don't attribute the works of God to the devil. Now he's getting to the really some, some interesting things. Like, yeah. where are these people at as far as their mouth and their heart? Yeah. Look what it says here. Matthew 12, 34 and 35 says, O generation of vipers. Now, vipers are poisonous snake. Yeah. With venom. Yeah. Well, and I learned this. With the mouth. Recently, I guess from um, The Chosen, they make a mention of that the way that ven- uh, vipers hatch is that they hatch inside of their mother and eat their way out. I mean, that's some crazy stuff. At least that's what I heard on the Oh, my the gosh. Thing. So how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So he's almost like saying, well, are they in God's camp or they're Satan's camp? Well, right. let them talk. Right, right. Hey, discuss, discuss. Like, what I say, hand them a rope, yeah. let them hang themselves. Discuss what if everything we have ever said were to be played back for all to hear. <laughs> Just that's it. Yeshua reminds us that what we say reveals what is in our hearts. That's right. What kinds of words come from your mouth? They reveal what is in your heart. You can't solve your heart problem, however, just by cleaning up your speech. You must ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with new attitudes and motives. Then your speech will be cleansed at its source. I can say for me personally, my if I like somebody were to ask like in an interview, what's your most embarrassing moment? It would definitely be recorded words of my own being played back to me. It's happened to me before. It was not fun. It was embarrassing. And let me so, just tell you, yeah. watch what you say. Hey. So how can we cleanse our heart? This is something that I've just been thinking about. How can we cleanse our heart? So if I'm frustrated, you're going to hear it. Well, there's frustration in my heart. That's right. In Ephesians 5.26, it's very interesting. It's all about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. But oh, it says yeah. this in yeah. Ephesians 5.26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. 
the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we know that we fill ourselves with the word that can help our heart. Mm-hmm. I've hidden your word in my heart yes, so that I may not sin against you. That's mm-hmm. an, I just thought about that one. And what is sin? The transgression the Lord, yeah. of the law. Now, the infilling of the Holy Spirit can help to cleanse our heart. So your heart is wicked, but we need a new heart. So now he's getting into, like I said, now he's getting into some interesting things. Now, this is what really shook me up, is Matthew twelve thirty six. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, idle word is the Greek word argos. And it means inactive, unemployed, by implication, lazy or useless, barren or slow. Remember that. You're going to give an account of your idle words. Mm. It wasn't good and it wasn't bad. I'm thinking I'm done. Yeah, no. I'm ruined. I mean, how much football do we talk about? How I'm much? just saying, no, I'm just, yeah, whatever, yeah. idle, idle yeah. words. It's not good. It's not bad. Politics. It says you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give an account. So, so, boy, I'll tell you what, we better ask for forgiveness for our speeches. Everything we've said that mm. wasn't of God, cast it down, you know, forgive me. All of a sudden, I appreciate that English teacher that was like, yeah, take all this fluff out. You don't need all those extra words to say your point, you know, and you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, you told me I had to write a thousand word yeah. essay, you know, I'm yeah. throwing some extra words in there. I got all kinds of idle words <laughs> for you. I put it in idle. <laughs> Go ahead and finish it up there. All right, so, uh, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. That's Matthew 12, 37. So, by your words you'll be justified means people's words will be outward evidence of their inward character. Justified here means shown to be righteous. This is that fruit inspection thing we talked about earlier. This verse does not use justified in the Pauline sense, that's Pauline as in Paul, the apostle's sense, of declared righteous by God or right standing with God. Similarly, evil people's evil words will be evidence by which they will be condemned. Because they're speaking it. Well, it's coming out. So you know how, like, with certain people, like, so justify just simply means you're good or bad in your speech. Right. That's the justification. It's not saying you're justified in Yeshua. Right. Just by your words. Well, because there's everybody once they're justified in the Pauline sense, as you mentioned, they are then sanctified right meaning they're started the process of being set apart to be more holy and set apart to god is started and begun and so one of those things is getting a hold of our speech right and so um i think about people that seem like they're always in a good mood or they're always nice you know what i mean but then like every once in a while you see like a snap and like something comes out right it's like it slips all of a sudden and you get like a glimpse of like wait what's really going on in there you know because like you know some people are hard to read or they're hard to tell like what's really going on behind the curtain there like are you really thinking what's coming out of your mouth right or are you just like full of it all the time and then really what came out was that that slip right and you see a, a glimpse of maybe what's the true character behind it and i think everybody's had this experience or that's happened to you right like you deal with anger issues or you deal with things and so you got a lot of things going on behind the veil here when you're thinking about things but you're not saying them right right but then it slips out and then people the cat's out of the bag you know like oh man i can't believe i did that or whatever and so it that's not to condemn people or not but i would say this the most the happiest most fulfilled joyful people are the are the genuine people people where the who they are and the way they act and what they say and what they do match, right? I, th- I think that the happiest people are the ones that are serving. Amen. 
Amen. See, the ones that are critical and have bad speech usually yeah. are like the critics or the naysayers. They're not really, they're not really sold out. Yeah, they're but not you, really. But think about this. You know, I, I think of people, same thing. Or questioning everything. That maybe they do criticize or they complain, but that's, it's being expressed, right? So you don't have to wonder what's going on. It's not slipping out, you know? And so that's what I mean. I, I think people fool themselves into thinking, oh, they're this or they're that or they're that, you know, because of whatever. But everybody has seen that little slip, and now there's that seed of doubt that's planted in people's minds about that person's character, you know? And that's not to say that you have to keep up appearances. That's to say, just be yourself, and the Lord will then, once you can decide to be yourself, now you have a baseline for the Lord to start to sanctify you. Sanctify your speech. Yeah, I mean, sanctify your thoughts. Sanctify your If everybody just you. deals with their offenses, then it'd be a better world. That's, that's, I, but to sit there and talk about it all the time and not deal with it, is a waste of time. Waste of time. So what verses do you have here for me? All right. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. Well, that's painful. Proverbs 13.3. These are truths. Uh, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. It's Proverbs 15.1, I know. If you're listening to this and you're getting the same reaction as Pastor Nick. Why did I say that? (laughs) I used the word, like, don't use digs. Yeah, we just oh, got these little digs that man. want to creep up. This dig is there. I'm gonna uh, dig you. Little pot shots. Little dig. Little cheap, dig. Cheap shot. A cheap shot. Yeah. A dig. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I catch myself. No, nope, not going there. All right, here you go. He whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Hey, you know uh, Jeremy on this past Shabbat when he was doing the tour portion was talking about how somebody was running their mouth at him. And it, it aggravates that pride, that old self, right? That flesh that used to run your mouth, you know? And that ego, and it's it like, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a rooster, you know what I mean? Like feathers puff up, and it's like ready to go, you know? Yeah, you coming at me? What, what's you up coming with you? At what you what's up with you? No, what, what do you want? You want That's right. Yeah, keep that mouth. So then, what what, what's the best thing to do? Yeah. Just let it ride. Well, Yeshua was quiet during those trials, the 24 hours. They, they took him and had him before Annas and yeah. Caiaphas, and pretty much he didn't say a lot. Right. And Harry didn't say nothing. Right. Then he went back to Pilate. Hmm. So here's James 3, 2. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Man, if you could watch your mouth, you got, you got, it, you got it made. Boy, I tell you what. So discuss why our words that we speak are so important. Here's a principle if some of you didn't know about that, like a little template, but God used words to create. So That's right. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, uh, this is, of course, in reference to the, uh, uh, actually the fourth day of creation. Uh, It said, of course, God said, he made, he set, and he saw in regards to the fourth creation. So God said, he made, he set, and he saw. Two examples I have for this of speaking is the Beitia, the community. The dryer says, we need to have a community. We need to start a fellowship. They said it. So they set it up in their living room. Okay, they made it, they, they set it, they made it, they set it up in the living room, and then they saw it. That's right. And so that's what we see now. We look, somebody set it, it was made, mm-hmm. it was set up, and now we see it. Right. Uh, the second example are the church conferences that we did, the Restoration of the Tabernacle of David Conference from 2001-2010. Uh, the Dreyer fan once again said we need to have these conferences in the summer. Spring feasts have already fulfilled. Fall fees are coming. We need to get everybody ready. For 10 years, we did those conferences. So that's 2001 to 2010. Uh, it was said. It was made up. You had to get, of course, the place. You had to bring all the 
props yeah and the dancers and the and the people and then you can see it on the video you, you saw it yeah we did it so the question is for those of you that are that are listening or watching what are you saying that you can see mm, that's right so if you're constantly complaining and miserable then that's oh, what you're seeing yeah that's right you know, it's it's like people going after the mega church. So, oh, I don't believe in mega church and this and that, and, and you know, calling out ministers and ministries. And I'm thinking, well, what are you seeing in your life? What are you doing? Where's your fruit? What are you doing? Right. You know, it it really puts it into perspective, especially when you're my age at 54. I want to make things count. Mm-hmm. I want to make good decisions. I don't want to do anything in haste. And so that's what we have there. So, what do you think about that? I believe. Because God's word says so that the power of life and death is in the tongue, right? And they so, shall eat the fruit thereof. And they shall eat the fruit thereof. So what is it you always say? Whatever you speak comes towards you. Yeah. You got to. Hey, listen, I thought I talked about Israel a lot before. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't talking enough. Yeah. Oh, it's all come full circle now. Right. So what two points can be learned from Matthew chapter 12, verses 22 through 37? So my first point here is allow the Lord to be the keeper of your speech. The Lord be the keeper of your Ooh. speech. You know, Don't get out of bed. Everything that you struggle with before you can, can have, I don't know, dominion over it, you first have to submit it to the Lord, right? That's why, and, and, and truthfully, what does it say? Uh, I think it's in, it's in Colossians, right? About uh, taking every thought captive, you know, submitting it to the authority of Christ, that you have to... Um, and just start vain imagination. Right. I think it's all wrapped up in one verse. Yeah, you have to start here, right? In the head and in the heart, and then you can can move forward from there. My second point was unity, right? Um, the kingdom cannot be divided, right? He that does not gathering is scattering. And that is just a, a fact. So in other words, the Lord wants us to gather. And if you're not on board with the gathering, then you're part and partial to the scattering. Because even your apathy towards gathering, even your apathy towards a community, towards getting together for the name of the Lord, is a way of scattering. Because what that does is your apathy can be contagious to other people. So really, the gathering should be your first point from leading in the, in the outline. And then the, uh, the speech is number two. I mean, I put them in whatever order. But I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking about... No, that's true. But I'm just thinking about what is Yeshua building up to? I'm just wondering. So it's almost like if you want to know where somebody's at, just listen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to what just they're saying. Listen. Just like that. Just like what you said. What did you say at that conference? What do you mean? In regards to. Oh, when I went to Philly? Yeah. What did you say? You just said it. I said these people, people need Jesus. You said these people need Jesus. And what happened? That guy got it. So I, I was at. The, but this, what made you say that? Were you like with some people or something or you just felt like saying. No, that? I mean, like our in, the industry that I'm in is kind of like the Wild West with like mortgages before 2010 where everybody's getting all these crazy ideas, doing all kinds of shady stuff. Um, and obviously there was a big reckoning in 2010 towards that after the 2008 mortgage crisis. Um, ours has not come to a crisis yet, and I don't know that it will. Um, but because of that, I was mentioning to this guy, who seems like he's a pretty good character. I know him basically just through social media. And I mentioned to him, I was like, man, these people need Jesus. He got so excited, right? Big guy, big guy. I mean, he's probably a foot taller than me, and, uh, and I'm six foot. And uh, he 
he started uh, basically preaching right there in the middle of the thing. And then he was like, before this conversation is over, because we we're talking shop a little bit, industry stuff. Um, before this conversation is over, we're going to pray. And we did, man. We stood right there and he put his hands on me and he, we prayed right there in the middle of the expo Isn't hall for thousands about? of people around. You um, know, you know, that's interesting. People walking like looking like. Because here's the thing, you know, going back to what you said, uh, the first point I got is a house divided will not stand. Yeah. Okay. Unity's the key. Um, number two, guard your heart and your mouth. Oof, yes. You know, uh, your heart and your mouth. Well, I mean, we, we, we give ourselves a bad rap about our heart, but it's wicked, it's this. But, you know, the heart, out of the heart come the issues of life. Yeah, oh, yeah. The well And I'm learning that. Yeah. So how do you change your heart? Like with me being a pastor, it can be frustrating. You don't change your heart. It can be frustrating. And then it can be frustrating. See, Ezekiel 36 says he's going to take it depression. out. depression. It can be rejection. It can be just uh, an oppression. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, from my heart come the issues of life. Yep. How do I turn that around? What do I need to do? Right. So I can still manage people and do what I need to do. Mm -hmm. So those are my two things. Wow. That's it. Awesome. Praise God. I'll tell you, why don't you pray us out? You can pray us I'll, out. I'll pray. I prayed us in. Yeah, that's true. You did yeah, pray us in. Before we started, you prayed us in. pray us out because we got a, a little plug for Passover this Friday night. That's true. Passover is Pesach. coming this Friday night. Got our Seder played out in our cup. Yeah, in our cup. Friday night, that's April 15th. 15th in the evening. Praise God. That's going to be it's uh, an exciting season. It's going to be uh, in the biblical first month, 14th day. season of redemption. Nissan. Yeah. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for what your son has done for us, that he's redeemed us from the wickedness that is in our heart. That in, this is Ezekiel 36 says, he's taken a heart of stone out of us and put into us a heart of flesh, a soft heart towards the things of God. And so we love you, we praise you, we honor you, and we just ask for your forgiveness for our sins. And we pray that you would help us to point men, women, and children to you, that we would raise up Yeshua, that we'd keep him the main thing because he is the main thing. So we love you, praise you, in Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. That's All right. awesome. Bless you guys. Uh, if you need to reach out, Ryan at toprage.net is my email. You can comment. Make sure you like it, subscribe, share, do all that good stuff. Uh, bless you. Have a great week. <laughs>